Assalamu alaikum and welcome to a very special edition of Pathway to Peace. We are very blessed and excited to be joining you today from our annual convention, the Jalsa Salana in Alton, Hampshire. Our regular listeners will know that at Pathway to Peace, we like to take a, an analytical look at how we can achieve peace, whether that be political peace, economic peace, societal peace, or perhaps the most important of them all, inner peace. So today, while we join you in the midst of experiencing the blessings of Jalsa, our annual convention, we wanted to talk to you today about some quite key topics that we've been discussing this weekend. We will discuss the international oath of allegiance that has just taken place earlier today, the effects of social and spiritual gatherings on people, and finally, ahead of our spiritual leader delivering his final address of the convention, we wanted to discuss some of his guidance delivered to the ladies during yesterday's speech. I'm your host, Shireen Sheikhanwar. I'm a civil servant and school governor, and joining me today in the studio is uh, my good friend, Sarah Ward, a primary school teacher, um, another one of my good friends, Dr. Alia Khan, a GP, and during the first segment of the show, we also have with us our sister and good friend, Hafia Khan, a secondary school religious education teacher at the Aisha Academy London. Assalamu alaikum, ladies. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Um, how are you all feeling? Well, you know, it's... In uh, words. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, you know, here at Dulsa, we're on this site at the annual uh, convention. We're here on what is essentially a field uh, for most of the year. And in my experience, it's either very hot weather or very wet weather. Um, so we've had wet this year, mm. but um, it just makes it more interesting and more special. So we've been battling the elements, but still getting that spiritual benefit, which we'll go on to talk about later on in the programme. Yeah, and I think um, we've all missed this for the past few years with mm. COVID. So I think coming back after sort of three or four years, coming back yeah. together, being with our sisters, um, feeling that spirituality together, I think has been really lovely for all of us. Mm. I think you're right, Hafia. It's that spiritual rejuvenation and that exhilaration that, again, we've got an international annual convention this year. Um, you know, eating the convention food, I think that's something that we look forward to as well. Um, but also a little bit bittersweet because yeah. it's the final day and we're coming up to the final session. And I think yep. that's making me feel a bit sad and just thinking of we're having to wait another long year before the next year. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. Thank you for that. So um, because we've all just experienced the international bet, um a little while ago, I just wanted to kick off this segment of the show with the topic of the Oath of Allegiance, or Baird as it's called in Arabic. Um, I often struggle to put into words my feelings of experience in the Baird because, you know, it truly is one of the most humbling and spiritually uplifting experiences that I've ever had. My first experience of international Baird was at the age of around 21, 22, and it left me, you know, it really left me in awe and evoked such strong emotions in me that I didn't think were possible. So, you know, I felt like I'd laid my soul to bear for God, and, you know, I felt it was a rebirth as such. So it was a pivotal experience for me in deciding to join the Ahmadiyya community. And each year I am reminded of God's grace in guiding me to this blessed, beautiful, blessed community. Um, but I am not alone in experiencing these feelings. So before we talk about the concept of Beth in more detail, let's have a listen to a few of our Jalsa guests on their thoughts. As a born Ahmadi, Beth is an opportunity for me to consciously choose to be Ahmadi and reaffirm my faith. It's hard to describe the myriad of feelings during the Beth itself, but the overwhelming feeling is one of extreme gratitude, 
and wonder. It is truly a glorious sight to behold and be part of. Men, women, young, old, and people from all over the world are pledging allegiance to our Khalifa. May Allah strengthen his hand. It is at once a declaration of our commitment and a sign of Allah's Tawheed. The International Bed for me is a very special occasion and it's something that's actually quite emotional for me because it's actually where I became a Muslim at the Jalsa Salana. And for me, I think it's about reminding myself of why I became a Muslim and the reasons in which I felt I needed Islam in my life and reaffirming that faith for me is really important. And the international birth itself being something that's like a collective spiritual experience, it's something that really brings people together. And I really value that and appreciate that about the experience. And it's something that I can't wait for my children when they're a little bit older to also take part in and really truly understand and value too. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Shiza Shah and I belong to Jilangam Jamaat. I've found that we can very easily get distracted and forget why God has given us this life. But the international bed ceremony that takes place at Jalsa Salana is an event that I eagerly await every year. It's an opportunity for me to renew my pledge to God and my Khalifa and to remind myself of my purpose and what my duties are as Allah's servant and to take this bet in unison with millions of people in complete synchronization repeating the same words after the Khalifa of, of Islam is truly such a surreal experience, one that I look forward to every single year. Now, um, ladies, those were some thoughts from some of our guests uh, um, during the Gajalsa over the weekend. Do you want to share some of your feelings? Sarah, come to you first. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that listening to those, of course, it's bringing back all of the relevant emotions and feelings that we have. And what's special about this is that this um, Oath of Allegiance ceremony is led by His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, who is the um, head of our worldwide Ahmadiyya community. So it, pledging allegiance behind him means something to every Ahmadi, wherever they're from, whatever their age, whatever their background, nationality, ethnicity, it means something to all of us. And it will be quite individual what it means. Um, but I just wanted to reflect on today, you know, I've been lucky and fortunate to attend this um, ceremony over many years. And um, this year I was kind of in the marquee and, you know, I wasn't feeling particularly emotional this year. Some years I really am. But I could hear the person next to me weeping in their prayer. Mm. And I thought, oh, you know, I felt bad for myself that I didn't feel that emotional. But when I finished the prayer and I turned to her, I knew that person. And I spoke to her for a few minutes and we discussed a little bit and I found out what was going on in her life. And it really brought it back to me that we all come to mm. this experience with our own lives. Mm. We all Absolutely. have something in our life that we're focused on, that we're praying for. And I felt humbled by her words that she said. Um, and it really, then I did feel emotional after that. It was mm. definitely emotional. So there's always something new to feel in this experience. Thank you, Sarah. Happy, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I, I say I agree with Sarah. Um, you come in and, and you're excited, but you're not sure, you know, how you're going to feel at the time. 
But when the words are said, when the Khalifa starts repeating um, the words of, you know, I am going to take this bath, I ask God for forgiveness, and I think that's when it gives sort of pulls on the heartstrings that you are, connect, you are connected to God, but you are not an individual connected to God. You are a sisterhood, a brotherhood, mm. you are a huge community, mm. and you're all there taking this initiation, making this promise together that you are going to try your hardest mm. to live by the certain conditions which we're going to talk about in a little while. But that asking forgiveness, that sort of bearing your soul in front of God, just like the sisters in, in the comments that you recorded, um, just like they mentioned, I think we all kind of understand that feeling. And it, and it comes to different people at different times. And I think mm. we understand that as well. And like Sarah said, you know, speaking to the person next to you, it pulls on yourself as well. Yeah. That's, that's mm. that emotional relationship you have with each other as well. Absolutely. Alia. Yeah, I, I would like to echo all of those um, comments that were made and also the recordings. I think it was very profound what they were saying about the effect of the birth ceremony on them. And I almost also want to talk about, you know, um, if, if anyone questions the truth of the promised Messiah on whom be peace and is wondering, um, you know, about the success of the community, then they only need to reflect on His Holiness's speech on a Saturday afternoon when he presents the report of the progress of the community in not 120 years ago and how the, uh, the promised Messiah's prophecies came true, but in the last 365 days, how the community has progressed. And just by, just by that, I think, you know, you can, you know that this community is true by the grace of Allah the Almighty. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Now, and this is why I love attending Jalsa. The sisterhood and spiritual uplift is just food for the soul. So, I mean, I appreciate some of our listeners maybe wondering, you know, we're talking about bad. It's an Arabic word. I've said that it's called the oath of allegiance. Um, but, you know, let's, let's talk about how it actually fits into our lives today in the 21st century. Hafiyah, can you tell our listeners a little um, background about Baird, the Oath of Allegiance, what it means? Is it a new concept? Was it also a practice of the Holy Prophet? Can you just give them a little bit of a background um, so they can have a clearer understanding of this, this yes, of course, institution? So Baird is um, actually an Arabic word, and it refers, like Shireen said earlier, to the Oath of Allegiance or initiation. The Arabic word actually comes from or der is derived from Baird, which means a transaction which is carried out by mutual agreement. And this is mentioned in the verse of the Holy Quran, which says, Surely Allah has purchased of their believers their persons and their property in return for the garden that they shall have. That is why the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, has said, to take bath means handing over your life to Allah Almighty. Now, this is really important because, and this is one point that the promised Messiah, um, made, on whom be peace, made very clear that the bath is not just... It's not just about repentance, actually. There's a lot more to it than just repentance. It's actually about um, gaining spiritual knowledge, um, blessings, having signs in your life which bring about repentance. So repentance isn't just uh, saying, okay, I'm sorry for what I've done. It's actually making an effort to change yourself and to act in an appropriate way. So actually the transaction that one's taking or one's making in, in the bath is that you are selling your own being um, at the hands of a spiritual guide, which is really important as well, and we've spoken about mm. the fact that we mm. took the bath at the hands of the Khalifa, mm. um, in order to acquire, in exchange for that bath, um, knowledge of spiritual truths, um, perfect blessings, and all of these things lead to like divine knowledge as well. Um, they lead to salvation, and they lead to the favor of God Almighty, like it said in the Quranic verse we just quoted, that they shall have a garden. Mm. So you're making that transaction. You are giving something, and in return you are, you are getting something back mm. for it. 
And also, as Shrini just asked, the bad was actually a practice of the Holy Prophet, um, may peace and blessings mm. of God be upon him. So it's not a new in- innovation. Sure. And I think this is something to make clear to all the Muslims that are, are listening today. Um, it's not a new innovation. He would take the bad from those who were wishing to enter the fold of Islam. Um, that is, they would make a promise at his hand that he would try to, they would also try to lead pious lives. Um, they wouldn't compromise and their faith in God, no matter what their worldly situation was. So following the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah upon him, his example and following his demise, and the bat was taken at the hands of the Khulafa, the rightly guided Khulafa, mm. who were the four Khalifas after the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And, and then, then it, it stopped. re-established, yeah, right? So yeah, exactly. It stopped. Um, because there were no rightly guided khulafa after that. So the, the concept of bat, the concept of taking the allegiance and making this promise stopped. And it was reintroduced um, once the promised Messiah, um, on whom be peace, had divine guidance that he can now take the bat of those of his followers. And he didn't take the bat until Allah Ta'ala, until God Almighty gave him that guidance. Mm-hmm. And in um, 1889, the Pledge of Allegiance was taken again. And by the promised Messiah, um, who is the promised Messiah of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, and the Imam Mahdi as well, who was prophesied to come 1400 years ago, Hazrat Mr. Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him. And he then, at that point, took the bat, took the promise, which was which comprised of 10 conditions, which are essentially a summary of all the Islamic teachings mm-hmm. that we follow. Yes, and you're right, Hafiya, and also, um, you know, when I when we take part in the in the initiation ceremony, I really reflect on the fact that on that first day in 1889, 23rd of March, when um, the promised Messiah on whom be peace um, took uh, ba- uh, for, for the people who took birth at his hand, there were only about forty. There were mm. only forty of his companions yeah. um, in a remote town in Punjab in India. Mm. And today is actually the thirtieth anniversary of the worldwide birth mm. or international um, ceremony taken on the first of August, nineteen ninety-three, in Islamabad, Tilford, in Surrey, not actually far from our convention site here. Um, and today we've heard from um, His Holiness that over 200,000 people have entered the fold of Ahmadiyya just in the last year. Um, and, um, you know, counting all the people that have attended the, the uh, Jalsa Salana today, mm. there have been tens of thousands taking the Oath of Allegiance live yeah. by the grace of God. And many more through mm. the television. Through yes, also imagine worldwide, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, um, Javier, you know, you've given us quite a comprehensive explanation there about the background and its meaning and how it was re-established. Thank you for that. But um, let's talk about the importance of bad today. Like, okay. you know, why why do we have to take bad? Okay, so I think this is a really important question mm-hmm. because so many people will say, well, you just make a promise. Yeah. You know, that's enough. And the promised Messiah on whom be peace actually mentioned this very clearly in his book called Noah's Ark. Yeah. Um, if we, we all know the story of Noah. He made an ark to protect the people at the time from the flood that was coming. Mm. The promised Messiah, or peace be upon him, has said that the new ark, the modern day ark, mm-hmm. that will protect humanity from all of the dangers of society, the immorality, the materialism, um, everything that is going on in society today, is the bat. If one f- promises to follow those 10 conditions of bat that I think Ali will speak about in a moment, they can be protected from all of the onslaughts of all of the dangers that are entering the society today. So as you said, why is it important in the 21st century? Because this is our ark. This is our abode of safety. And Mm -hmm. if we decide to do that, and if we try our hardest to follow by these conditions, it will keep us safe Mm -hmm. from everything else going on around us. 
Ali, did you want to add something about yeah, the 10 conditions? Absolutely. And they are, as Hafia said, they're the key Islamic teachings, which if we adhere to and we stick to, we just there is no way that we can go wrong. None of the conditions, as you mentioned, Hafia, are innovative. They're all known Islamic teachings mentioned extensively in the Holy Quran, but also in the sayings and the traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of God be upon him. These 10 conditions are a sort of... Um, accountability or a way of measuring ourselves against a set of standards and guidelines that instruct us basically on how to spend our days in this short life on earth in respect of our complete submission to God and those in authority over us. Um, and it's going to be such a challenge to consider each condition. But, yeah, so but, I'm not going to do that. I'll just skim through them. But well, I'd just like to... Can I also of, say there yeah, is a sure. book available uh, called The Ten just Conditions about to say, of Bad, yeah, which yeah. you can, there. if you want to look on Al-Islam, yeah. it's got all of the Absolutely. discourses on each each of the conditions. And it's written by um, the current Caliph, His Holiness, Hazrat mm. Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may God be his helper. If you were to so. summarise it <laughs> and put them into <laughs> how would you describe it? I them? think if I was going to just use one phrase to summarise the Ten Conditions, of birth, then I would just say that they are reminders um, of how we fulfill the rights of Allah or God upon us and the rights of his creation upon us. So that is to be humble, um, to speak the truth at all times and to be real witnesses to the oneness of God and to live our lives and breathe, live and breathe the oneness of God um, and be kind to every being on earth um, and to attract people to this community on earth which believes in the true Islam. Thank you. Thank you, um, Alia. So, um, Hafia, you talked about the meaning of bed, the importance, and Alia has, has talked about some of the, the key concepts of what, what the, the conditions are. But um, why do we... We can only do bad to, when we have a spiritual leader. Yeah. yeah. So why, why is it important? Why do we need a spiritual leader? Okay. So, um, you know, the bad is so important. Because it unifies us as a community, like we mentioned at the beginning, mm. and the sisters you had the clips from as well. Mm. It unifies us as a community under one spiritual leader. And our spiritual leader has actually said to us in many Friday sermons that the problems that Muslims are having today is the fact that they are not united. Yeah. The problems around the world that we see is the fact that we don't have one spiritual guide who is able to unify everybody. And mm. that is why, as the Ambiya Muslim community, we understand that everybody needs a guide. Everybody needs that, that mm. spiritual leader. So... Um, he is considered, for us, it's considered that he is the rope of Allah. Yeah. If, we, um, if we hold on to him, if we follow his guidance, we will be guided to the right path. So I just wanted to, to read a small quote, um, which is alluded to in conditions number five and ten um, of the conditions of bad. Like we said, there are ten. Mm -hmm. And it's stated in chapter three of the Holy Quran as well. And, um, and I will quote, And hold fast all together by the rope of Allah and be not divided. And remember, remember the favor of Allah, which he bestowed upon you when you were enemies. And he united your hearts in love, so that by his grace you became as brothers. And you were on the brink of a pit of fire, and he saved you from it. Thus does Allah explain to you his commandments, that you may be guided. And let there be among you a body of men who should invite to goodness, and enjoin equity and forbid evil. And it is they who shall prosper." So we hope and we pray that we are that body of men um, that will guide and bring people together on the rope of Allah. Thank you, Afia. Um, so as Muslims, we appreciate that. But um, is there anything that you would say, uh, you know, within the wider community, why, you know, spiritual leadership is, 
is important. Yeah, well, I think, you know, everybody at the moment is looking for guidance. I think we only, you know, whether it's political guidance, social, spiritual, and that's actually really natural. We all want to have people to look up to and mm. emulate. And we see this on the internet. You know, we've got the social media gurus. Everybody's trying to follow somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and people are looking the for spiritual guidance. The thirst is there, right? People yeah. are yeah. aimlessly wondering, I would say. And exactly. they are kind of scrolling. looking to, yeah, they're scrolling. Or, you know, and they're yeah. trying to find a guide. And, yeah. and so that's why you see all these different... People cropping up and And I think, you know, in the guise of mindfulness or, you know, um, some other aspect of reconnecting to the self, Mm. everyone's looking for spiritual guidance. And I do think that that's quite important. I think one thing we should just pause and say when we're talking about birth and talking about this annual convention is the diversity of this community. And Mm. it's something that strikes me, especially at Jalsa. You will find people from over 100 countries represented here. Um, I've met people speaking Spanish, speaking French. I met a woman this morning from Mayotte, which is a tiny island um, off the coast of Africa. So, but we are united, as you said, under that guidance of the Khalifa, that it doesn't matter almost our background and our life experience. We have taken that pledge to follow those 10 conditions and to abide by everything good this is the wording of the pledge as well that mm. I will follow everything good that the Khalifa asked me to do all the decisions that he gives and that does unify a diverse community in an age where you said people are looking for something and, di- and, and divisions between communities are huge yeah. but within this Ahmadiyya community you know you see that uniting of very diverse people yeah definitely and I think what I think in society people are kind of failing to realize is that actually it's not a connection to each other as much as a connection to God mm. that's lacking. Mm. Um, and until that's fulfilled, until that connection to God is satisfied, I think we're always going to be searching for something. So when you're asking the question, you know, why is a spiritual leader necessary? Um, it's basically to guide and help us reconnect with our supreme creator. Mm. Because as we see in society, so many issues are arising out of this fact that we've moved away from God. Sure. Um, so that's why we need that, that kind of spirituality. And with that, it enables us to help others as well. He is the one that says to us, okay, make your connection with God. Like Alia said, it's about um, the 10 conditions about mm. what are they about? Connecting with God and connecting with humankind. Sure. Make that connection with God. And because of that, you are then serving mankind. You are mm. doing good for others. And that accountability as well that Alia mentioned earlier, you are accountable for your actions in front of someone. Mm. So you're going to be doing that. And so by having... Um, you know, having this one um, spiritual leader, it helps us to be accountable for our actions. Mm. That way we try to live a more peaceful life, being pathway to peace, that's what we focus on. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we live in equilibrium to everything around Mm. us as well, you know, other people, the environment, animals, you know, everything. Mm. Um, And hence, you know, that leads to a peaceful world. So I think being members of the Amdiya community, we've all taken the bat at the hand of our spiritual leader, um, our Khalifa, and we made our promise to do our utmost to try and do this. That's our main aim. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. I'm sure that we've given our listeners an insight into the concept of bad, its meaning and place in the world today. And when we look at the conditions of bad, um, we can see that if anyone follow those keys, follows those key Islamic guidances and holds fast to the rope of God, it's impossible that peace cannot prevail. Um, After a short break, um, I will be handing over to Sarah Ward, who will be discussing spiritual gatherings and their effects on inner peace. Um, Peace be upon you all. Thank you very much. Allah. 
Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet. 24 hours a day. Asalaamu Alaikum, peace be upon you. Um, listeners are joining us here live at the annual convention in Alton, Hampshire, where we, the uh, ladies contingent of the Pathway to Peace program, are discussing uh, the annual gathering and why we're here. You've just heard us talking about the Pledge of Allegiance, which was something which happened this morning. We're waiting for the final session of the convention, which will be the speech delivered by His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masoor Ahmed, um, which will start shortly. But while we're waiting for that to begin, I thought this is a perfect time to discuss community. Because as I was just saying, we're very diverse here. We have representatives from over 100, communi- 100 countries. We have perhaps as many as 50,000 people here on site this weekend. So I just wanted to start by asking, I'm joined by um, Dr. Noreen Wittinger and uh, Sabia Iqbal, who's a cha- uh, Muslim chaplain from a university in London. And I just thought we could focus on community and ask them that, you know, Sabiha, if I start with you, what, is, what does Islam say about coming together, communal worship and gathering? Yes, it's been wonderful to be able to join you today. Um, so just generally, I suppose, in Islam, you know, Islamic rituals are often about congregation, you know, being together, uniting when we can, and, you know, often include an element of something that helps us to focus on our similarities rather than our differences. I mean, that's seen through, like, um, the Hajj pilgrimage, you know, for example, we come together, we wear similar clothing to each other, you know, whether that's sharing in food together during Ramadan as well, that we're all sharing in the same meal. And here at the annual convention as well, you know, we share in meals together um, and, you know, all of us are eating, you know, similar things. Sharing, together. walking through the mud together <laughs> Absolutely, this year, yeah. that, that as well, <laughs> definitely. Um, so as Muslims, we encourage actively, you know, to kind of visit people, our neighbours, you know, uh, anybody who might be unwell or elderly. You know, these were practices of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him. Um, and he checked in on, on people around him. You know, there's an example of a woman that he used to visit when, you know, she was unwell. And, you know, when, and there was a time, even though, she, you know, she'd been, um, you know, behaving in an intolerable way, he would still check in on her as well. Social interactions in Islam are all about, you know, building those relationships. As you've said, you know, we've got so much diversity. And uh, this annual convention is just a, a brilliant example, you know, of how important it is for us to get together. And as you said earlier as well, to learn about each other, mm-hmm. but also share, you know, our experiences with each other because it's so important. But I just want to point out while you were just talking there, um, 
I mentioned there are 50,000 people attending. A lot of them may not be members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim mm-hmm. community, but they are members of the local community. Yes. And I've met councillors and I've met local local people, local families. Um, so it is inclusive and it does include yeah. um, other people. Absolutely. And Dr. Noreen, how about you? What's your understanding of the significance of community? Um, I was just going to... Um, just There was a hadith that I wanted to... Mm-hmm. saying of the Holy Prophet that I... Um, was just thinking about where um, it says, uh, you know, Abu Huraira and Abu Said, may Allah be pleased with them, reported that the Messenger of Allah said, when a group of people assemble for the remembrance of God, the angels surround them with their wings and God's mercy envelops them and tranquility descends on them and God makes a mention of them before those who are near him. Mm, that's um, lovely. And have you felt that tranquility? I think I've felt some of that tranquility this weekend. How about you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, the annual convention, as we've mentioned earlier as well, is about coming together socially. Absolutely, we enjoy you know having those chats and catching up with each other, but also spiritually as well. So Islam, I mean, in its practice, invites us to pray together, not just on Fridays, but also in other other times of the year. And so we've had a a really um, you know beautiful opportunity to be able to worship in congregation together um, from. The, you know, in the morning um, up until the evening as and well. And the promised Messiah on whom be peace also, I think he created two objectives for the purpose of the annual convention. The first was obviously, like you say, spiritual rejuvenation, educating ourselves. And number two was increasing fraternal bonds and getting to know and introducing um, community members to each other. And mm. there, there were times, I think, when people would have left their own families to join the community, they may not have found uh, marriage partners for their children until they came to annual convention. I'm looking at Sabiha, who, um, many congratulations, <laughs> going to have her marriage announced <laughs> tomorrow. Um, but yes, you know, the two purposes of the annual convention were, were for those, um, those reasons. And I'm just going to play some clips now from some of our guests who have been at JALSA uh, at the annual gathering and just get a sort of a feedback of what JALSA, what the annual convention means means for them. So my name is Hiba Al-Jabi and I am um, an Arab. Uh, I'm originally from Syria uh, and I live in the UK. Um, coming to Jalsa is part of my uh, family heritage because we used to hear about it from my grandfather and uh, it was really beautiful um, time that we used to think or oh, would it be even possible for us to even attend one of it. So being in the UK and attending uh, this gathering is, is something that I think is a miracle from God for me because it, it came in a time where the Syrian crisis started and we moved. So things was really uh, critical. Um, I think I really enjoy listening to Hazur's speeches. I enjoy the sisterhood that we have. I enjoy seeing everyone else supporting people, um, meeting new people, talking about things that we really care about, especially in the current climate where, you know, Islam is being attacked by everyone. So being in a place where everyone loves each other and you feel this is me, this is my skin, I belong here. So it's, it's, it's more of an existential identity and who you are. So Jalsa is really beautiful. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Walia Kudsi Award. Uh, I've been a member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat for over 40 years, maybe 48 years. And I come to the Jalsa because I need to meet all my friends. That's not the main purpose. The main purpose is to hear the speeches of Hazor and to see the progress that the Jamaat has made in the past year and to get some spiritual strength by praying with 
thousands of people. Normally where I live in the far west of England, I pray alone. There are only a few, very few Ahmadis down there and very few Muslims. So coming here is like a blood transfusion, I suppose. It reinvigorates me spiritually, increases me in knowledge. I have a wonderful time looking at the exhibitions. And I meet people I meet from all around the world at Jelsa every year. So today I've been greeting the ladies from France that I'm very friendly and familiar with, ladies from America, and uh, all around the world who are my sisters. And the bonds of love between the people here is something that needs to be experienced by all the world these days. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Zainab. I used to watch Jalsa on, on MTA and I've always used to cry and pray to Allah to come here. So this was something, it, it, my, I mean, blessed for the spiritual uh, gain of being here. It's also that Allah have listened to my prayers, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, and I'm here. And when I was coming, it was something unbelievable is happening. And also, I have prayed after Huzur before, but today it was honestly something totally different. I forgot about my children, what they are doing or anything. And I was just focusing on my prayer, prayers and um, crying, and it was a priceless moment. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Najla. Uh, I am from Morocco, living in UK. Um, I came to Jalsa because it's uh, one of the greatest places that you shouldn't miss. Uh, because all we get together, all the nations, and I find all my Arabs people here. I feel like I'm home. I feel I'm. Um, I feel I'm in my 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 blessing place, which is like I born there before, and uh, it's one of my sensitive moments, which is make me feel who I am, and um, and Alhamdulillah. Um, Allah has chosen me to, to be Ahmadi and be part of this great uh, event. It's um, just really nice hearing all those clips just now and um, just reflecting on kind of how other people are finding the experience. I think for me personally, it's kind of such an honor to be here at this really large event. And um, yeah, just hearing... Uh, other kind of community members talk about it. It's just such a reminder of how wonderful it is to be part of this blessed community. Um, so it's incredibly touching. And um, for me personally, I think I have a kind of deep feeling of gratitude, not only to be here as a guest participating in the event and to be reconnecting um, with members of the community, but also to be able to give something back by serving the community and sharing that kindness and companionship. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, I know that you're a psychologist, you work in the in the field of psychology. And I do understand that there can be anxieties around coming to a new place, anxieties about coming to a different place, anxiety and worry about an, a very large gathering. So in terms of like, psychological impact, are there benefits to coming together as a community? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a great benefit, I think, in in, in gathering together for you know a peaceful event such as this and um, I think we can feel it often just in terms of when we're paying attention to our own nervous system um, so when your body is at ease and your mind is in deep contemplation I think that's definitely something I've been tuning into over the last couple of days or so and um, 
you know, much has been written about group consciousness. And it would follow that the shared experience of a group impacts on how individuals in that group are going to feel or likely to feel. Um, I guess it can be really difficult to describe feelings like this mm. in um, in words. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what I think I, I would encourage people to do kind of while they're here is also just, you know, measure the impact on your own state by just taking a moment here and there to tune into how you're feeling in your body and you can do a mental scan <laughs> of your body and just you know you could do it as you're listening right now just kind of notice how you feel um here at the annual convention um amongst this group of people who are gathered to worship remember god find out kind of more about islam mm. and um you know uh, further their knowledge so you can just I suppose while you're here take a few moments here and there just to bring attention to what things mm. feel like notice if there's any areas of tension that you might even be able to let go of mm. in the safety of this setting and Ali I think you're you're coming from a more medical mm. <laughs> viewpoint what's your sort of take on large gatherings I really found um, Noreen's words about doing a scan of your body and, and really reflecting on how you feel um, yourself. I think that that's a very individual thing, and I, I'm really interested in that. I'm going to think I'm going to do that. I think after this, <laughs> this um, is the self reflection, which has been mentioned. Yeah, every so speech like that we, a, it is a scan of yourself. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That analysis of yourself, um, and obviously the, the the narration of the Holy Prophet that you uh, narrated before about congregating and remembering God and His um, prophet and rejoicing in our joint fortune that we are together into Islam results in, in divine blessing. I also think that, you know, one of the reasons that people congregate and come in huge numbers um, to meet for the annual convention is, is nostalgia. Mm. You know, just um, as we know, we were talking about the first convention being in 1891 in Guardian, and I've talk about my own experiences as a child. I remember attending um, the annual convention in Rabwa in Pakistan in 1983, and I only just found out yesterday from um, His Holiness's address that... 250,000 mm. people gathered on that mm. last um, annual convention gathering in, in Pakistan. So, you know, I think, yeah, and that, that uh, um, jalsa occurred during the death of winter in December. Um, you know, and I, I was sitting with members of my family who have now passed away, but they were role models. And I think when we attend the annual convention now, we're seeking that, that um, contentment and happiness um, and also being amongst other believers in worship. And I think it is the, we asked about scientific background, um, Sarah, and I think it's the neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin being released because of those reliving of happy memories. Mm, but yeah. also um, the oxytocin, when we physically um, embrace each other mm. and see our old um, relatives and friends and meet again, that is oxytocin, another oh. hormone that is actually released when a mother is breastfeeding feeding as a connection between mm. herself and her child um, but yeah we release the same hormone when we embrace um, yeah. those who we love and I think those particular things play a big part in how we feel when we are when we gather together that's really beautiful and I know that Sabiha has perhaps a, 
a less calm uh, duty here on uh, the annual convention. She's part of the security team during her day job, so uh, monitoring people coming into the site. Do you find moments of tranquility, do you think, during your busy schedule? That's a really good question. I, I absolutely do. One I, I, I think prepared it's you for. I, I think it's absolutely practising that mi- mindfulness as well. It's mm. kind of being in that state that, yeah, we're here to serve. You know, Islam invites us to you know, be able to serve those around us. And we've mentioned that, you know, previously in, in the show as well. I think it's just really important, you know, to it, actually being specifically in Alton um, kind of allows you to cut off from the outside mm. world as well anyway, um, in many ways. Quite There's literally, not a lot of uh, connection. No, there, there isn't. And mm. I think that enables us to kind of disconnect and kind mm. of, you know, look inwards and, as you've said, as well, self-reflect. But just on another note, one of the other things that I've been doing is that today I've had, I've got some guests who've joined me today as well. Once strangers and I can you know proudly say that they're really good friends mm-hmm. and they've returned to Jalsa today the annual convention after four years mm-hmm. um, so they've come once and now they've come again and they've come again to experience it all over wow. again mm-hmm. had anxiety perhaps the first time okay yeah. but this time buzzing mm-hmm. and you know I've been kind of bouncing around looking at different um the exhibitions the bazaar just enjoying you know what uh, Jalsa I mean the annual, annual convention of, offers to everybody not just those members of the community but those who want yeah. to come and learn a little bit more um and be around the Ahmadi Muslim community are welcome to Absolutely. And um, as I said, we're now on the third day of the annual convention and I can see from the corner of my eye on the screen that His Holiness is on the stage and his speech will begin shortly. But before we do go there, which will be in a few minutes, I just wanted to take that time to say I feel that so much happens in a short amount of time. What are your sort of recommendations for how do you carry on that that Jalsa spirit? How do you make this feeling that tranquility lasts throughout the year anybody wants to chip in they're welcome to I can talk about um you know I spend a lot of the annual convention actually doing duty so I do first aid duty so a lot of the time I'm taking care of people who are unwell and you know people who may have sustained injuries so some I always carry my I've got it here my earpiece that's relaying the live proceedings Mm. um but I I I uh when I get home after jail sets after the annual convention I will sit down and I will scroll through the YouTube channel (laughs) of Muslim television Ahmadiyya um and I will listen listen to those speeches again because I know while I'm listening and while they're going on that they're gems of knowledge there Mm. that I need to retain but because I'm doing my duty I don't always have the opportunity so I definitely refer back and reflect because that's the only way I think that we can truly get the blessings and also looking on social media and looking at other people's reactions I think Mm. that helps me too to retain it. I I just don't think I can get enough of it. I try and go to different annual conventions around the world. Um, and I often like hopping from one to the other um, because I think that there's so much that the UK annual convention offers, but you know, being able to go to ones um, in Canada, in India, Germany, um, I'm sure others of you have as well. And what I really love and what I really enjoy is, is being able to learn, but also in a different language as well, from a different culture. Um, so I learned that here, but then also, the opportunity of learning abroad with my fellow sisters is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I was thinking a little bit about um, you know how you maintain that tranquility and also how you get the most of you know each jalsa. So the you know I've been fortunate to be you know born in the UK and mm-hmm. come to uh, this convention. I think, you know, ever since I was a small child. <laughs> I was say, I, I've Absolutely. been seeing and, um, you at uh, the annual convention for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. So, 
Um, but I'm thinking about all the preparation that you yeah. do. And I'm also kind of keeping in mind, you know, sometimes for some people, it can be quite anxiety provoking. Mm -hmm. We've not had this convention in, you know, mm -hmm. in such large numbers for such a, uh, a long time. And I guess I'm already thinking ahead, having conversations, you know, with my sisters about how do we plan for next year? What do we need to take with us? Uh, you know, what, what we would do, you know, I think, um, to, you know, just to make sure that every year is comfortable and you're also getting the most you can get from this experience because it's, uh, you know, three days in a year is rare. <laughs> and I, I've got to say, you know, I am also grateful to have known many of these ladies here for many years. <laughs> I won't say how many. Um, but, you know, Jalsa, we do meet each other throughout the year. But Jalsa, okay. there's always, you know, we can look back and reflect on how fortunate we are to have been able to attend so many. Um, and perhaps even to reflect on those ones that we've lost during COVID. Yes. I've certainly met people who um, I'm remembering their mothers being mm -hmm. here and mm -hmm. missing them and sending prayers for those people who are not here or who can't be here. Um, young mothers as well, perhaps they're not here because it's difficult with a mm -hmm. young child. And so even if you're not here, but you normally would be, we do remember you and pray for you. And that's part of that mm -hmm. community gathering. Mm -hmm. As we know, uh, um, you know, it is important. And um, we are going to wrap up in a few hours from this convention. Um, and I'm really glad that you've talked about how we'll continue that throughout the year. Always, uh, His Holiness gives the Friday sermon each week, and you can tune into that on Muslim Television Ahmadiyya. It's available in English on Spotify. Yep. Yeah. So um, we're going. To, what are your Jalsa takeaways? For that's what I was going to ask. Sorry, I'm just watching very carefully the proceedings from the main Jalsa card. This is a live show. You are definitely getting the flavour of uh, being on the minutes. My producer is uh, signalling to me, but. Um, you know, what are your main takeaways? I, I Actually, what I want to do is just reflect for a minute for some of our listeners who may not be aware, there is segregation here in the Jalsagar. There is a lady side and a men's side. But as you've mentioned earlier, you're working in first aid, Sibi yeah. has working in security, I've offered different duties, Noreen, I'm sure, has done duties as well before. Perhaps we can say to our listeners a little bit about how the ladies' organisation is run. Um, what would a guest expect to see on the women's side if they came over, Dr. Alia? What do you think a guest would expect to see? I hope that the guests would be very impressed with the organisation of the women's side. I think one thing I know that the guests have mentioned in the past is just the burst of colour, all the women wearing mm -hmm. different clothes, but also the smiles on their faces, the welcoming nature we have, despite the weather. I mean, we can't forget we're in England. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, the, the organisation, the fact that everything's so orderly um, and um, people are so welcoming and that they, I think, also, as I know that uh, His Holiness, our Caliph, has said before, that women um, are, will tend to flourish if they are not under the shade of men. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that the guest, if they're going to compare the men's and women's side, they would definitely say the women's side is better. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sabiha, how about you? Um, I've had guests tell me today how mm -hmm. impressed they have been um, with the organization, the warmth that you know, the sisters have shown. Um, and they've had the experience of experiencing both sides as guests, mm -hmm. actually, as well. So they've been on the men's side as well as the women's side. 
side. So, um, you know, I, I've been coming to the annual convention for years and each year it's grown so mm. much. And uh, they were continuously, you know, as a community making improvements. There's always can be, can be shortcomings, but we're always you know, looking to strive hard and work hard to make it as inclusive as possible for everybody. Um, and so when I've come here, I, I'm just always really taken aback by mm. just how joyous the spirit is of everybody, despite the weather, as yeah. we mentioned over and over again. But really, Some years the it's conditions, hot, not absolutely. Um, but I've always, um, you know, really um, enjoyed the, the sisterhood. Noreen, how about you? I think for me, what I've noticed is, you know, there's there's a lot of love amongst people, um, a lot of reconnecting, and I would say also a lot of courage. So I'm always, um, you know, it's really muddy here at the moment. Um, some of us might not be wearing the right footwear for the uh, conditions today, and um, and there are people here, you know, who've who've made efforts to be here with buggies, and I think the provisions are really always as excellent as they can be. But I think for those. Um, you know, people who are kind of here perhaps with young children or, or the elderly or the disabled, I think that, um, you know, we, we, have a, we have a venue that, um, you know, can serve all those people, but it can be more difficult, it can be more overwhelming. And I think, you know, just wanted to kind of mention those, I suppose, who've really kind of, um, you know, made it in spite of you know in spite of you know I think sometimes you can think oh gosh you know it's going to be really really hard and hopefully that isn't people's experience once they get here so I think you know uh, yeah we should you know we all should be congratulated (laughs) for coming (laughs) coming on this muddy day but especially those I think who um and I think they do tend to mainly challenging absolutely mobility issues and and health issues as well and one thing I was very impressed with this year I accompanied my mum to the elderly and disabled dining market on the lady's side she was seated and she was given food served food Mm. which I thought was amazing Mm. such in risk you know with respect and um in recognition of the fact that she is more frail Mm. and can't stand in a you for a long time and I think that's something that really impressed me. I mean we are pathway to peace and we are always in our programs looking at how peace can be established and just on my own personal reflection I feel that this annual convention excuse me and it is an annual convention it is held in so many countries around the world it is a moment of pause of coming together and actually focusing on that peace and if you listen to the addresses of his holiness Peace has been mentioned several times, and that can be from starting on on Friday, His Holiness was saying, even a smile, meet people with a smile, and that's the way to start spreading that peace. Mm. And as I've wandered around this uh, Jalsa site, um, hosting different guests and visitors, I've um, met a lady who lives nearby to Islamabad, which is the um, residence of His Holiness, just a few miles away down in Farnham. And she was an English lady, a local counsellor, is not a Muslim at all. And um, she said, when I go there to that place in Islamabad, I feel that sense of peace. She said, I walk in that ground and I feel peaceful. So we hope that our listeners have enjoyed the programme today. And um, we hope that you've taken something useful away. Please stay tuned for the live address of His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, the concluding session of the 57th Annual Jalsa Salana Annual Convention, live from Alton. <laughs>